Hey, welcome to the Quest. Thank you guys for being with us today. Always great to have you with us once again, especially if you're just checking us out. If you happen to be checking us out, we're super glad that you're with us. And if you want to, if you need more information about who we are as a church, we encourage you to scan the QR code that's right there. That QR code will take you to a link, and that link will help answer some of the questions that you might have about who we are as a church and about our passions and about our story. It'll also allow you to connect with us and allow you to email us and things like that. So if you have any questions or you'd like to connect with us, that's the way to do it. All right, we are so glad that all of you are here. We, one of the things that we try to tell everyone is if this talk is helpful in any way, we encourage you to like, subscribe, and share it, and share it on all the social media platforms that you're a part of. That helps us carry out our vision in a virtual world, in a digital world. Also want to remind you that this talk is available in podcast form, and all you have to do is simply search Fresno Quest Church, and on the podcast platforms, it'll come up, whether it's Apple or Spotify or those different types. Before we get into the talk today, let's pray together. Can we do that? I don't get to pray with you very often, especially those of you that are just able to meet virtually in this way. I just want you to know that we are praying for you. I want you to know that we have not forgotten about you. I want you to know that we continue to pray with you. And this is just one of the ways that we can pray together. Let's do that together. Father, we love you so very much, and I thank you for each and every person that's listening. And Father, I know that you have a plan for them, and I know that you love them deeply. And whatever the struggles are that they're going through, whatever the things are that they're facing in their lives, Father, I pray that you would encourage them, and I ask that you would uplift them. Father, I pray that you would just breathe new life into them. Father, give them the strength that they need for the season that they're in. And Father, I just ask that you would be with us today. Father, we open our hearts to hear from you. Father, we ask that you would just speak into our lives. And uh, you, again, you know our needs and you know where we're at. You know what we're facing. Especially in the times that we live in, Father, we need you now more than we ever have needed you before. And we acknowledge that. Father, I pray as you speak that faith will grow in us and that you'll help us to connect with you on a level that we've never had before. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, with all the activities that are going on in life, with all the discouragements, with all the worries, with all the anxieties that we face in life right now, I want to ask, have any of you ever had to reach down deep? I mean, really deep to fight for life because everything within you wanted to throw in the towel, everything in you wanted to just quit. I've had enough. I'm done. I'm walking away. I'm counting my losses, but I'm done. That's what I want to ask, but I don't believe I need to ask because I think that we all face those seasons in our lives when we want to throw in the towel. We're done. That's it. When it comes to those seasons in your life personally, and you might want to write this down, do you fight for life or forfeit life? I think a lot of times we are tempted to forfeit life, to forfeit the life that God has for us rather than fight for life. Jesus said this, I have come in order that you might have life, life in all of its fullness. But do we really experience the fullness of that life? I think a lot of times what happens is we forfeit the life that Jesus has for us because we've lost our fight for life. We give up on what God has for us or what God wants to give to us. So we're beginning a series that I'm really excited about entitled Fight for Your Life. You are in the fight of your life, but are you fighting for life? Have you given up on a vibrant faith that God wants you to have? Have you given up on a godly marriage? Have you given up on a godly home? Have you given up on a godly influence that God wants you to have? 
I get it. We get tired in the fight, and the fight can wear us out. But do we continue in the fight or simply walk away? See, a lot of times I think what happens is we're like, oh, Dave, you know, when circumstances happen in life, we just go, oh, that's just life. And I would say, yeah, you know, circumstances can be just life, but there's more to it than just the circumstances that depletes our strength, that causes us to want to give up. It's the mental conflict and it's the mental turmoil. It's the mental fatigue and the discouragement and the shame and the fear and the doubts. That is where the spiritual battle lies. That's how we deal with this spiritual battle in our lives. It's based on what circumstances we encounter and how the enemy uses those things against us. As I said, just remember that we are in a very real spiritual battle. Here's what scripture tells us. It says God is strong and he wants you strong, so take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so that you'll be able to stand up to anything and everything the devil throws your way. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. This is a very real enemy and a very real battle that we face. And as this scripture points out, it is for keeps. There's more than some things at stake here. Everything is at stake here. We have to wake up and realize, and you can write this down in your notes, what is the fatigue and discouragement pulling me away from or tempting me to give up on? Am I being pulled away from a life of great faith, a life with a great marriage? Am I being pulled away from being a godly person, raising godly kids? Being a godly influence. Listen, I think it's subtle, but the enemy that we fight is not dumb. He's smart, and he knows us. He knows our weaknesses, and we, he knows that we're tempted to give up in this fight. And I think one of the signs that we give up in the fight is this. We stop caring about doing the right thing. That's all it takes. We begin to disengage from the fight when we simply stop caring. We stop caring about a vibrant faith. We stop caring about our marriage. We stop caring about our kids. It's not that we don't care about their well-being. We stop caring about their spiritual development. We stop caring about their spiritual formation. We stop caring about our influence in the world that we live in. We stop caring about the purpose that God has for our lives. We stop caring about being a light in this world. The scripture reminds us this, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We will overcome if we don't give up. We have to stay engaged in the fight. We have to dig deep. We are in the fight of our life and the fight for our life. Listen, here's what happens. When we give up on the fight, first thing is this. We accept something different from God's plan. When we accept something different than God's plan, we compromise what God wants for what is easy. When we compromise, we change direction just a little bit, but the little change takes us in a totally different direction over the long haul. Compromise substitutes not just the direction of my life. Compromise substitutes the authority of my life. Compromise substitutes who's in charge in my life. See, when God's plan is no longer my priority, God is no longer the CEO, I am. 
When we disengage from the fight, we accept something different than God's plan for our lives, and that's dangerous, dangerous. Also, when we give up on the fight, we accept where we are as good enough. We change our focus from the goal to good enough. We no longer strive for, we accept as. Philippians 3 says this, that we are supposed to strive towards the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Wherever you're at in your journey with Christ, wherever you're at in your spiritual formation, just understand you've not arrived. The enemy wants to do everything he can to bring discouragement into your life, and it's very easy to accept that. Understand that God has something great for your life. God has way more for you. Also, when we give up on the fight, we accept defeat. And usually the way this happens is we accept defeat as something personal in our lives. That's how the enemy plays us. You can hear it in your thoughts, maybe even in your conversations. We say things like, see, I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. A very popular one is, see, I'm not spiritual enough. And those are the thoughts that are all part of the spiritual battle that the enemy uses against us. In the Old Testament, there's a great story about a guy that I love. He is a prophet, and basically he's a spokesman for God. His name is Elijah. And during the time that Elijah was alive, there was great corruption in the land, much like what's going on in our world today. It had infected everyone, from the palace of the kings all the way down to the servants. And God had a plan for Elijah. And his job was to point out the moral and spiritual failures of the people and to call them to a new life, to call them to a godly life. Talk about a job that nobody wants. Talk about a guy who has no friends. Listen, Elijah has one friend, and his friend is God. That's it. Elijah's calling people out on the carpet, and nobody likes to be called on the carpet. But God used Elijah in great ways. If you don't know the context of the story of Elijah, I encourage you to read it, but I'll kind of give you the highlights. First of all, Elijah confronts this very evil king named Ahab. He called him out on his sin, and then he actually prophesied that there would be a three-year drought that would significantly impact Ahab's kingdom. Now, you would think that Ahab would be appreciative for the heads up, but no, he gets angry. So the king comes after Elijah with all of his forces, and basically it's all of his resources and his army, and tries to hunt him down. And so for three years, Elijah's on the run, and he's hiding out. But during that time, God is faithful to Elijah and takes care of him. One of the times he uses ravens to bring Elijah meat and bread. Also, you might know the story where Elijah encounters this widow with her son. And he asks the widow for a meal. And the widow says, basically, I have a little flour and a little oil. And I was going to make a cake. And with that cake, I was going to fix it for my son and myself. And we were going to eat this meal. And then we were going to die. And basically what she's saying is, this is all I have. And I have no plan B. I have nothing to fall back on. And so after this meal, I'm done. And Elijah says, okay, would you first make me a meal before you make yourself one? And the woman does it. But what happens is, because she's obedient and takes care of God's servant, her flour and her oil never run out. Basically, a poor widow strikes oil. Also, the widow's son becomes sick and he dies. And God uses Elijah to bring him back to life. 
Then there was this time where Elijah takes on 850 false prophets of a false god who they are trying to call down fire from heaven to consume their offering. And Elijah says, stand back, guys. Obviously, your god is asleep. And he says, dump water on this offering. And they dump it three times. And it's, the offering is saturated. And Elijah calls down fire. And it destroys it and destroys the altar and the men. Elijah experienced nonstop protection, provision, presence, and the power of God in his life. See, as Elijah is calling out people on their sin, he calls out the king's wife, and her name is Jezebel. And she doesn't like it. In fact, she says, I'm going to hunt you down and kill you. Well, it's not the first threat that's happened in Elijah's life. But at some point, the battle had gotten to Elijah. And once again, Elijah is on the run. He's running for his life rather than fighting for his life. And we pick up the story there, and I want to read it for you. It says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life, and he came to Judah. He left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came to a broom bush, and he sat under it, and he prayed that he might die. He says this, I've had enough, Lord. He says, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. He says, basically, I've had enough. I'm done. I'm tired of the fight. Think about that. Of all the things that God has done through him, of all the things God has done for Elijah, Elijah also gets tired in the fight. And I just tell you that so that you don't get discouraged as if you are second rate. This is somebody that is a hero of the faith. This is somebody that God used in great ways. And he's fatigued in the fight. Listen, just like Elijah, we too are in a spiritual battle. A fight to the finish. This is a fight for keeps. And there's a few things that we need to know as fighters. And the first one is this. Every fighter has to deal with failure. We're all human. And failure is a part of our humanity. Failure is a part of life. Elijah said this, take my life, I am no better than my ancestors. In other words, he's saying, my ancestors were losers, and guess what? So am I. I'm sure that he felt, you know what, I thought I was stronger than my ancestors. I'm sure he thought that he might be more focused than his ancestors were. He might have even thought, I've got it more together than my ancestors do. But he's at the point, his fatigue brings him to the place where he realizes, I am just like my ancestors. See, coming to terms with our failure is an important step in our life. Failing in life teaches us something that's important, and that's this. Our failures don't disqualify us. You have failures in your life. You've probably disappointed yourself. God is not finished with you. They don't disqualify you. You can't let your failures in life take you out of the game of life. You've got to fight. You've got to reach down deep and fight for life. Also, every fighter has to deal with this. Every fighter has to deal with fatigue. It's also a part of our humanity. Everyone that walks with God experiences fatigue because at some point in our journey with God, He's going to bring us to the end of ourselves and our resources and our strength will run out. See, fear drove Elijah to the wilderness. But fear will always drive us to fatigue. In time, the fears of our life will always drive us to fatigue. We come to the end of ourselves. 
That's what Elijah is saying when it reads this way. He came to a broom bush and he sat down under it and he prayed that he might die and he said this, I've had enough, Lord. See, our fatigue does not define us. Our failures don't disqualify us and our fatigues don't define us. In other words, you are not defined by your weakness. Paul talks about that in his prayer with God. Paul's praying about his weakness and God says this, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Another translation says this, my power is strongest when you are weak. So if Christ keeps giving me his power, Paul says, I will gladly brag about how weak I am. Your fatigue does not have to define you, nor does it have to define what you can do. Let God define you. Also, every fighter has to move forward. See, the temptation is to throw in the towel, to quit, to give up. I've had enough. I'm done. I want no more of it. Our weakness tells us it's over. But God says that he's not done with you. God is always moving us forward. And while Elijah was done, God was establishing Elijah's next steps. While Elijah was insisting that he was done, God was instructing him on his next steps, identifying his future. God continues to move us forward. Your failures and fatigues are learning experiences that move you forward and teach us to trust God. God is already working on Elijah's strength. He's already working on moving Elijah forward. And listen to this next part of the scripture. It says, Then he lay down, Elijah, he lay down and he slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. And he looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down. You know what I love? While Elijah is conked out asleep, God is cooking up something for Elijah. That's what it says when it says, He looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. God is still providing for Elijah even in his fatigue, even when he wants to give up. God is providing for him. So how do we connect with strength for the fight? How do we dig down deep, as it were, and how do we hold on and fight for the life that God has for us? First point you might want to write down is this. Sometimes the strength we need for the spiritual fight is in taking care of our physical needs. We look at the circumstances of life and think that's not spiritual. But we can miss the spiritual in our physical needs. There is something spiritual in taking care of yourself. That's what God was doing when he was telling Elijah, get up and eat. Part of the strength that Elijah needed for the spiritual battle was in the meal that God had provided for him. He was weak physically. And God provided sustenance. Also, when it comes to connecting with strength for the fight, you might have write this down. Strength we need for the spiritual battle is not a quick fix. It's not something that just happens all of a sudden. It takes time. What God had in store for Elijah that was going to provide strength for him was not just the meal. God was moving him forward to experience an even greater strength. And here's what it says. Strengthened by that food, he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. 40 days and 40 nights is not a short trip. It's not a quick fix. You might be familiar with Mount Horeb. It is also known as Mount Sinai. It's where God spoke to Moses through the burning bush. It's where God's people entered into a covenant with God. It's where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. God provided water for the Israelites when he told Moses to strike the rock and water came out of the rock. Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai is known as the mountain of God. 
And that's what's really important. When God calls Elijah to Mount Horeb, what he's doing is this, and you want to write this down, it's very important. God called Elijah to a personal encounter. It wasn't just to a location. It was to a personal encounter with God. He understood this. The strength that Elijah needed for the fight came out of a personal encounter with God. When the fight is gone within us, we need a fresh encounter with God in us. Here's how that plays out. Scripture says this, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. And it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. God wasn't in the earth, wind, and fire. He was in the whisper. And people say, why did God whisper? And I think this is so important. The reason God whispers is he is so close. The whisper reminds us how close God is. See, the devil will shout lies, and God whispers truth. The whisper draws us even closer. It makes us more attentive. He's with you right now. He's with you in all that you're going through, even in your fatigue, even in the times where you want to throw in the towel. He's there. He's close. He's beside you. He will never leave you. In Isaiah, there's a great scripture that connects us to the strength that we need in the battles that we face. And it says this, But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. And they walk and don't lag behind. Another translation, I like how it says it. It says this, But the people who trust the Lord will become strong again. If you need strength in the battle, if you need to dig deep, I want to encourage you to have a fresh encounter with God. It's learning to trust God. It's connecting with God that's going to provide the strength that you need. Listen, the life that Jesus has for you, when Jesus said that he came to give you life in all of its fullness, he provides for you. The fight might be to hang on to Jesus. I love Romans where it says this, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. When we were ready to throw in the towel, when we were done, when we had no other option, Jesus died for our sin to bring us life and strength that we so desperately need. I don't know if you're in a season where you just want to throw in the towel, where you're tired, you just want to quit. There's been so much anxiety and discouragement in your life that you're just done. I want to encourage you to dig deep. I want to encourage you to fight for life. The life that God has for you is worth fighting for. And if you have not encountered that life, I want to encourage you to trust God with your life, to make God the center of your life. And if you are in that season of your life where maybe you have a relationship with God, but you've just grown tired in the fight, you stop caring. You stop caring about a vibrant faith. You stop caring about a vibrant, godly marriage or a godly influence. You stop caring about providing encouragement for godly kids. You stop caring about God's purpose and you've started compromising. I want to encourage you to have a fresh encounter with God where you surrender to God. Listen, the strength that you and I need in the fight comes from God. We've got to have another close encounter with him. 
They have to have encounters with him often for the strength that we need in times of difficulty and discouragement. Let's pray together. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, we come to you and I thank you again for each person that's listening. And I know that, Father, we're living in difficult times. I feel like we personally are living in end times. And God, you know that. Father, I ask that you would help those that are wanting to begin this relationship with you and make you the center of their life, the core of their life, the number one priority of their life. They choosing to give themselves to you, to trust you, to live with a new purpose and to live for a new reason. Father, I ask that you would help them and breathe life into them as they invite you in. Father, I pray that you would just give them life. Father, may they experience your forgiveness. May you fill them with your love. May you fill them with your purpose. Father, for all of us today, the season that we're in is difficult. The fight that we're in is real and it's tiring. And Father, we all grow weary. But your word tells us that if we trust you, that you will renew our strength. And so today, Father, we come to you and ask that you would renew our strength. We trust you. Father, help us to take the steps that we need, whether it's taking care of our physical bodies that help us and give us strength in the spiritual fight, whether it's recognizing that you're always moving us forward, or Father, the encounters that we need with you that provide us the strength that we need. Father, I pray that you will help us and give us the strength we need for the fight of our life. Father, help us to care about the vibrant faith that you want us to have. Help us to care about the life that you want us to have and the life you want us to experience. And protect us from compromising and settling for anything less than your life. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. I'm excited about this series and the strength that is going to come as we engage in the fight and we dig down deep as we fight for life. Every week I encourage you to get into a small group to surround yourself with people that care about you, that will pray with you. And this week is no different. If we want strength for life, we need to surround ourselves with people that are also going to encourage us in the fight that we're in. If you're not in a connection group, I want to encourage you to get into one. I want to encourage you to experience the life that you can only experience with other believers as we pray together, as we seek God, as we do this journey, as we do life together. I also want to thank you for your financial generosity and how you give your financial gifts to the quest and you provide for the needs of the quest. If you have a prayer request or you want to financially give to the quest or you have questions that you want to connect with us, I want to encourage you again to scan the QR code. It will take you to a link that will help connect you to all the resources that you're looking for. Thanks again for being with us. And I want to encourage you as we get into this series that you would dig deep, that you would fight for the life that God has for you. Please let us know if there's any way we can pray with you and for you. Have a great week. God's best to you. Bye-bye.